Welcome to the Altruism Unplugged podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Walsh. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. For today's guest, we have Sally Shaughnessy. She's the operations lead from Bella Boutique. It's a Denver-based nonprofit that provides free formal wear to teens in financial need. Sally, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I've already learned so much about Bella Boutique. I'm stoked for you to spread the word more to my audience. Ah, thanks for having us. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, so... Sal, you've been with Bella since 2015, but you really committed 20 years towards volunteering in your local community and also with other nonprofits. And we would love for you to start with elaborating more on your time well spent over the last two decades. Sure. So I was raised uh, south of Boston. Um, my mom was a homemaker. My dad was a police officer. And Southeast. the two of and the two of them instilled in me that um, it really takes a village. And we were uh, raised in a really tight knit community in Pembroke, Massachusetts. And we were the type of family that if we had leftovers at the end of dinner, my mother would load up plates and send us all out delivering those plates to our neighbors to make sure everybody had had a little extra that night. And my dad was a servant by by trade. And and so we just had that instilled in us that it's not just about us, it's about it's about the people around us and that we're one big community and that we're one big family. And so I really took that to heart as I went into college. And I went to school in Western Massachusetts and started volunteering with elementary schools and after school clubs and um, in all sorts of different ways in college. And, and I just loved it. Um, and so what did you do volunteer wise for those schools? Sure. So we did everything from community cleanups to after school reading programs. We used to do Santa um, Christmas time, um, you know, have kids uh, tell us their wishes for the holiday season. And we would buy presents and distribute them to churches and just a little bit of everything to stay involved in the community. And so that the college community could give back and not just be thought of as those, you know, punk college kids. It was a nice balance. And so I, I just took those lessons that my parents always taught me about use your blessings, use your your skills and your natural talents to help those around you. Because as a society, we're only as good as our weakest members. And so the folks that are not the weakest members need to help lift people up and push them forward so that we can all move forward together. Yeah, what so, an amazing model that, that will drive you. That's perfect. Thank you. Yeah. So I carried that through college and into my 20s. And and, um, you know, I found myself always volunteering when I was in Boston as well after school. Um, and, you know, I'm an Irish girl. I like a good beer. And so there's a brewery in Boston called Harpoon and they have an, an, a nonprofit arm called Harpoon Helps. And so I used to do a lot of volunteering through Harpoon Helps. That was a lot of fun. Bring your friends together and go out and do some local missions and help some people out. And, you know, there's something about um, volunteering. It, it actually changes your chemistry. Um, and there's a natural high that you get from serving and giving. And so, um, I think I've always just kind of run off of that. So, um, that's a big part of me. It's become part of my DNA. And now as, as an adult, you know, I'm on the board of directors for a nonprofit. I'm a five-year member of the junior league of Denver, which is a philanthropic group as well. So I, uh, I definitely am out in the community in Denver. So I've, I've taken my volunteering on the road, so to speak, now that I've relocated to Denver. And um, and it it's made me feel like a local, you know, um, moving to Denver was really hard. I'm 2000 miles away from friends and family. And so I really wanted to 
set some roots and connect with the people around me and see what my neighborhood was all about. And so volunteering was a fantastic way to do that. And so, yeah, so now I, now here I am five, six years in on Junior League, five, six years in on Bella Boutique, and we have a lot to show for it, which is really great. Right. I like what you said there, like a lot of what we do is selfless, but the selfish part of it is is what we get out of, you know, the feeling that we get. It's fantastic. I love what I'm doing. You know, mm-hmm. just last night we raised $1,200 for No Kid Hungry. And if, you know, it's that's great. an episode we did in episode two. So it, it feels great, you know, and, and I love it. I love the people that are meeting and, and it's fantastic. You know, volunteering is also a great way for folks that are in jobs that, um, you know, there's an old saying that, hey, if you do something you love, you're never working a day in your life. Well, you know, that's a wonderful aspirational piece of advice, but it's not always attainable for everybody. And so sometimes a job is just a job. But how can you augment that to bring a little bit more into your life? And sometimes volunteering is that for people, you know, so you can have your day job, but you can also have, you know, be a big brother or a big sister outside of of your job or a reading tutor or help at a food bank or or something like that. And that can really add a lot to your life, even if you can't make that your profession. Absolutely. And you've, you, know, you started in Boston volunteer in there and it took you out to Denver, ultimately landed that. Bellow Boutique. Why Bellow Boutique? There's, you know, there's plenty of options out there in that community. Mm-hmm. Why did you pick Bellow Boutique? So let me uh, set the table first. I joined Junior League of Denver. Junior League is a an international women's organization. It's uh, professional and philanthropic development. And I joined it because I knew I ultimately wanted to find a, a, an organization that I could align myself with and grow with. And Junior League volunteers with hundreds of community partners. And so I thought that would be a great way to get uh, an introduction to a wide swath of nonprofits and see what the nonprofit landscape in Denver would be. So I would recommend that there are hundreds of American chapters of Junior League. Uh, and so if anybody's interested in just learning more about the nonprofit landscape, it's a great way to meet a whole lot of uh, different types of organizations really quickly. And so through the Junior League, I volunteered as a personal stylist at Bella Boutique. And so I got to know what Bella Boutique was all about by volunteering through the league with them. And what I learned was that Bella is one of the only organizations in Colorado in the Rocky Mountain region uh, that gives away free formal wear to teens on free and reduced lunch. And they do it in a way that is just so joyful. They um, create a legitimate boutique. I mean, it looks like a real dress shop that you would find in a mall and it's got prom dresses and homecoming gowns and jewelry and uh, shoes and purses and all sorts of wonderful things in all sizes and shapes and styles. And, um, and I would help these students that would come in on the referral of guidance counselors, social workers, teachers, coaches, uh, school administrators. And um, we would set them up with a personal volunteer and navigate them around the shop, help them find their their look. And, and then we'd send them on their way with a voucher for free hair and makeup, the whole shebang. The only thing these kiddos have to pay for is the ticket to the prom. And I connected with this because I thought it was just such a joyful way to give back to the community. But I also had a business sense about me. And I recognized that this was a niche need. And not a lot of other organizations are providing this service. And I saw how impactful it was. And so I said, you know what? There's not a lot of people doing this. And this is a real small organization. It was like bootstrapped together by three women who were really well-intentioned, but you could tell they were maxing out on their own, um, their own hours to give to this. And so the team needed to grow. 
I was working in advertising and marketing for a long time at that point. And I said, you know what? I can help this organization grow. I've got a big network. I can help revamp their website, help with spread the word even farther. And let's help this thing grow. I mean, let's just press gas, you know? And um, so I knew that I could help them with my skills, but I was also connected to the mission because ultimately in high school, my parents separated and they were navigating that and it was really challenging for them. And that was at the point that I was going to prom and I needed a little bit of help. My family was going through this trying time and I just, I didn't want to ask my parents for uh, a, you know, a few hundred dollars to buy an expensive dress that I was going to wear once and, and to burden them even further than I think they, they, I perceived their burdens to be at that time. And my older sister caught wind and said, are you going to prom? And I said, maybe, but I don't have a dress and I don't want to ask mom and dad. And so my sister, she was much older than me at the time or much older than me. And she took me out shopping. And, and if it weren't for her, I probably wouldn't have gone to the prom because I didn't want to, I didn't want to ask anybody for the dress and I didn't know where to find one. And so I put myself in those kids' shoes and I said, you know what, they want to go, but it's really challenging for their families to let them go, financially speaking. And so this organization is helping kids be kids and it's helping families provide for their children. And so I felt like I was maybe a Bella shopper at one point in my life and Bella didn't exist for me. So I knew that I was personally connected to the mission, but I also knew that my natural skills, my professional skills could help this mission grow. And so that's why I said, you know what? I went to the founder and I said, are you looking for more help? Because I would really love to join the team. And she said, absolutely. What can you do? And I said, well, first of all, let's sit down and talk about mission, vision, and values. And let's talk about strategy and where do you want to go? And I started bringing in my network of creative uh, art directors and creative writers and technology folks. And we rebuilt their website. And we started with a whole new marketing campaign. And we connected with hundreds of schools across the state of Colorado and into Kansas and Nebraska and Wyoming. And we went from seeing 100 students every prom season to over 600 every prom season. We're giving away six figures worth of formal wear every year. It's just been an, an exponential amount of growth in a very short period of time. And, you know, we're on local Denver TV and in print every uh, fall and spring. And it's just been, it's been phenomenal. Obviously, there's been some COVID uh, disruptions, but leading up to that, it's just been it's been a wild ride and it's been wildly, um, I don't know, heartwarming and I don't, it's, it's brought a lot of joy to my life to be a part of it. Absolutely. And, you know, of course you've brought a lot of, you know, br brought a lot to the table with everything, everything you've done with that growth over the last, you know, since 2015, but also I'm sure, you know, even with the, with the kids you work with, you know, having them know your story that you've gone through the same thing and then you're there to give back, like, you know, what do you think they're going to do? Mm -hmm. Right. Moving forward. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to start doing this, you know, some of the same thing. You're setting a great example. You know, what's wonderful is that we've seen kids um, that shop there and even after they graduate, they'll bring their, you know, younger cousins to us or their neighbors or their friends. And so we'll see kiddos that we saw as students in high school come back after college because they want to help. We've even had some, after um, we've had uh, students turn volunteer. We've had student shoppers turn ambassadors for us and they evangelize and advocate because they want to give back. We have students that 
love the mission so much that after they like we don't kids are allowed to keep everything that we give them free of charge there's no obligation to bring it back or pay it forward or anything like that but sometimes we'll see a student see us in the spring for prom and then they'll come back in the fall for homecoming and they'll bring their prom dress back and say you know what i just want to pay it forward let somebody else have as much fun as i did in this dress and that really warms your heart too, because they're connecting with the mission. And so it's, it's just, it's great to see. But I think that the students, like when I talk to them and I say, Hey, you know, my parents were going through a real hard time when I was in high school, I was in your shoes. And, you know, I wish I had a place like this. It, it validates to them that they're not alone. It connects me to them and shows them that I'm really genuinely there to help them. And that, and we connect on, on a personal level in that way. And it's great. Yeah, breaking down that barrier is huge. I'm sure they're ready to open up and 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 start to kind of and embrace the experience. You know, you know? Yeah. yeah, you know, our the other part is that we're not just trying to provide free formal wear. I mean, we could provide free formal wear in a church or in a you know conference center, but the way that we do it in by setting up a boutique space and it looks like a boutique and it acts like a boutique without the cash registers. That's part of the mission as well. It's part of like creating this equitable experience, right? So for most of us and, and, you know, for most young, um, young high school teens, they can just go to the mall and they can go rent a tux or they can go buy a dress. And so they go into this mall experience and they go shopping and they pick out what they want and they try on as many dresses as they want. and, And then, and then they leave. And yeah, so, it's it's it's, a, it's just a transaction. That's it. It's a, yeah, it's a transaction. But you know what? The, some of our students they come to us and they think that it's a charity, and they think that we're just going to ask them their size, give them a dress, and then send them on their way. And we break that down for them when they come in, and we say, no, this is a dress shop. I don't know what you're talking about, charity. There's no charity here. This you're you're at a store. Like this is your your experience to have. And we show them we've got hundreds of dresses in every size. And once we demystify and actually take the stigma out of it and they see that they're getting that mall experience, that dress shop experience, that tuck shop experience, it it's a game changer for them because they know that this isn't a charity. No, they don't have to pay for this, but this doesn't feel like charity at all. And I think that's that's the thing that I take away is the equity piece, the inclusion piece, is that they're still getting the same experience that other kids are having, even if their parents are able to drop four hundred dollars on a dress. Yeah. And, you know, with their parents being involved, like, do they show up to, you know, when they go shopping and you guys are doing the dress, the makeup, the whole nine, like, are the -hmm. the parents involved? Are they there? So our kids come to shop with us in all forms. So some kids come alone, some kids come with other friends, and some kids come with parents, teachers, foster parents, coaches. We've had coaches bring teams of kids in. It's a lot of fun. But yes, we do see a lot of parents and grandparents. And we're unique in that we actually, um, we have a big giant waiting area and the waiting area has a whole wall of mirrors. And we ask that parents or anybody who's accompanying a shopper to stay in that waiting area. So that is different from a dress shop where you can just shop freely with whomever you are with. We ask that everybody stays in the waiting area and allows this student to have their own personal experience and without any undue pressure from parents or um, grandparents. You know, sometimes, I don't know if you've been there, but I've been there, you know, sometimes parents can be opinionated and say, hey, I would like for you to do X or you would look great in this color or something like that. And while that 
type of feedback is sometimes helpful. Sometimes it's also overwhelming for a, you know, 15, 16, 17 year old kiddo. And so we ask that the families sort of stay back in the waiting area. We don't have mirrors in the dressing room. So we promise the families that their, their student is going to come out of the dressing room and come to the wall of mirrors and everybody will get to ooh and ah and do all that together. But we really want that shopping experience to be theirs and theirs alone so that they that they know and that we can trust that they're making the decisions for themselves. Because this is also a part of adolescence, right, is standing on your own two feet and learning how to make decisions for yourself and feeling confident in your decisions and not letting anybody else, whether it's a boyfriend or a, a mom or a dad or anybody in your life putting undue pressure on you or forcing a decision on you that is not truly yours. So that's also sort of where we stretch beyond just fashion. Um, but we want to empower these students to stand on their own two feet and make a decision that makes them feel good and without any undue pressure. So yes, it is, it's been controversial at times. We've had some parents fight it. We make exceptions here and there. Sometimes we'll have some special needs students that do need some assistance. And we'll make exceptions. Of course, we're not unreasonable. Uh, but by and large, it's worked out really, really well. And I think that the families appreciate it, that we're making their students feel special and that it is about them and that they can just kind of sit back and wait for the fashion show and, and do all the fun stuff of the ooing and aahing. And so we do a lot of negotiation with the parents to kind of get them com comfortable with that if there is a potential issue. But in the end, it, it by and large, it, it works out really well. Yeah, I can see the pushback there at first, too. It makes sense, I guess, you know, but once the parents kind of realize what, what you're doing and why you're doing it, I'm sure they start to kind of get it and realize like, hey, well, that's a great idea. Absolutely. And so um, the the issues we've had with it are few and far between, and I hope they stay that way. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm sure it will be. Once they, again, once once they realize what's going on, they take their time and listen and you know, yeah, they realize is... it's, for, it's for the right reason. It's for the kids and, and this is all about them. This is prom and homecoming, those things, those are fun rites of passage. You know, when you're a teenager, there aren't many, there aren't many things that you can say and look back on to say like, this was the thing that this was our marker. This, we celebrated, uh, you know, a few years of really hard work. And now that we're transitioning into whatever comes next after high school, be it, you know, working or trades or trade school or, or college or whatever it could be. But this is a marker to celebrate, you know, a few years of, um, you know, challenging times for a lot of kids. I, I mean, I don't know that anybody goes through um, teen years without having some sort of bump in the road or some sort of tribulation to manage. This is a huge growth area, growth, growth period in their lives. And so aside from sports, I mean, these celebratory milestones, they really are a rite of passage and not every child wants to participate in them. But if a child wants to participate, they should be able to. And so I think that that's where we fit in is that, you know, a lot of nonprofits help with critical must have need to have things like housing and food and, and those types of critical must haves. We know that we're not a critical must have, but we are a nice to have because we know, and we are, we are an, an impactful nice to have because there aren't that many things that kids that kids need that are fun that are that allow kids to be kids and prom and those dances those homecoming things that's it's hard to think about a kid sitting at home saying i wish i could have gone and they're not being able them not being able to go because somebody couldn't afford to send them that's just it's too heartbreaking and so that's the niche that we fill um, is that childhood rite of passage. We know our place in the nonprofit spectrum. Uh, and we also have the impact data to show that 
it's necessary that these types of organizations are super helpful. Um, because again, there's just not that many nice to have celebratory moments for a child to have, and, and we don't want them to miss out. And right, like you said, the basics are necessary and, you know, they get their free lunch or whatever it is, but like, they're not going to celebrate that, right? But you allow right. them to really, truly just experience, you know, this rite of passage like you talked about and, mm -hmm. and it's absolutely worth it and necessary. Right. And we know that our kids are getting free and reduced lunch or they're experiencing like a temporary um, financial hardship. Somebody at home lost a job or something like that, but we don't ask them to prove that. That's not the experience we want them to have. This is not a, you know, a, a line where we say, like, show us, you know, your show us that you're definitely in need. No, I don't want to do that because if we're not starting on the right foot of having an equitable experience. So we know based on the interactions we have with parents and teachers and and schools that they're coming from. We know that these kids need our help. And um, it, they're these aren't kids from wealthier neighborhoods coming to us for a backup dress or something like that. These are legitimate. Um, these are wonderful families that legitimately need the help. So, um, yeah, I think it, it's a really neat program and it's starting to take off in other uh, states under other names. And um, there's a growing community uh, on Facebook of nonprofit um, leaders that do prom dress giveaways. And so it's really fun. It's been really fun for me to connect with those other leaders in other states to see how they're rendering their services and how they've responded to COVID and, um, and all of the things that they're doing for fundraising, because it is hard when you're not a critical must have nonprofit, like we're not, we don't provide emergency housing, we're not a homeless shelter, we're not doing rent assistance, or we're not a food bank, you know, a lot of those uh, nonprofits tend to take preference with grant money and donations because they're hard, serious, critical um, services. So it's been wonderful for us to connect with other nonprofit leaders um, that do similar programs to us because then we can share how we've gone about fundraising and how we connect to get the awareness out there and to make sure that our messaging is correct about all of the ways that we do impact the community and aren't necessary for the community to support. So. It's been a journey and it will continue to be a journey, but it's a worthwhile one. It absolutely is. And you mentioned that so you guys take care of the dresses, jewelry, shoes, you know, et cetera. Mm -hmm. We send them out with a voucher to do, you know, mm -hmm. hair and makeup, right? So do you have we an have affiliation with somebody, yeah. a partner, somebody in Denver that you guys work with? Yes. So everything, all of our inventory is donated um, and our partnership for hair and makeup services is also donated through Aveda. So Aveda is uh, obviously an international um, beauty brand uh, and they, Aveda runs um, cosmetology school here in Denver. And so it's been a really unique partnership with us because Aveda wants to also give back to the community. They are rooted in environmentalism and sustainability and community. And so it's been a perfect partnership for us. They have hair and makeup students that need hours and need training and they get wonderful education. And it's really easy for us to have our shoppers go to them. Um, so the Aveda Institute right in downtown Denver on 16th Street Mall. Um, and they get wonderful professional grade services uh, at Aveda. They get a professional updo, professional makeup. They can get their nails done. They So our students get to choose two services from their menu. And that's all um, gifted to us from the Aveda Institute. And that's, a, that's over $5,000 a season in free hair and makeup services. 
Yeah, what a great uh, program to match up with. That's perfect. It really is. That's great. It's been wonderful. I mean, when you think about it, so the average cost of going to prom for um, a female is over $1,000. When you put it all together, you know, you're spending a couple hundred dollars on a dress and uh, upwards of $100 plus on shoes, jewelry, purses, makeup, hair, a limo maybe, or flowers maybe. It's over $1,000. You know, when you think about a family that is, you know, at the poverty line, they can't afford $1,000 for a dance. You know, that $1,000 is a car payment or rent or groceries for a few months. You know, that's just, that's a lot. And so to have this partnership with Aveda, it just rounds out the services that we're able to offer. It, it further reduces the cost on these families to send these kids to prom. So if we can send them home with all of the formal wear and the accessories and Aveda takes care of all of the fun stuff afterward with hair and makeup and nails and all of that good stuff, then we have dramatically reduced the costs for these families down to the ticket. Yeah. Shout out to Aveda for being involved with that. That's awesome. Absolutely. Thank you, Aveda. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you send the kids off to go to Aveda, they go to the prom. Do the kids ever come back and tell you the stories about how the prom was and yes, you know, how so, exciting it was? We get pictures from parents, um, kids tag us on social and we get to hear all the stories. Um, we even, you know, we get to see the kids maybe tag that we've seen kids that, um, that tag us in their shopping, like while they're in the shop, they're so proud of like the experience they're having. And like, and that's so fun. Um, one of my favorite stories though, was, um, one young lady came back to see us in, for prom in the spring and she said, Hey. Uh, just so you know, I got voted homecoming queen in the fall. And I said, wait a minute, you shopped here in the fall. So you're homecoming queen in a Bella dress. And she said, you know it. And so we had a really fun moment, gathered everybody around. And so we had met uh, her and her mom before. And so she's just a wonderful human. And she was just so proud to say that I felt awesome and I was participating in the night and, you know, I looked awesome and thank you for helping me not only go to the dance, but getting voted queen of the night. And so that's a, that was one of our comeback stories that, you know, caught us off guard, but we all, you know, high fived and hugged about it. And that was really cool. That's great. You guys are representing the bell of the ball. You know it. <laughs> well, that I mean, we have over 3000 dresses in our boutique and they're all high quality. Everything's donated. Um, I'll also give a shout out to Macy's. So let's give a shout out to Macy's because talk about the quality of the donated dresses that we have in our boutique. Um, everything goes through a rigorous quality check because we want to make sure that these kids are getting the best of the best. And it doesn't just because it's a donated dress doesn't mean it's not spectacular. So we have massive support from the pageant community. So we get wow factor dresses from the pageant community um we get we even have an amazing support system in the drag community in denver we get some awesome stuff from our friends at the you know hamburger mary's and from um the local drag scene in denver they give us some so fun creative dresses and shoes and i do want to acknowledge macy's department store uh last year during prom 2020 when covid um, shut down virtually all proms. Macy's had an, an entire store's worth of uh, inventory that they just couldn't sell uh, because proms did not happen in 2020. And so Macy's made their mess their message. And so instead of just throwing away thousands of dresses, we had 
I want to say 10 different Macy's stores from all over Den uh, all over Colorado call us and say, hey, we want to donate our inventory to you. Brand new dresses with the tags on. Thousands of dresses came to us from Macy's last year. So now we're starting off and we're going to have an amazing prom season this year with brand new tags on dresses from Macy's. So shout out to Macy's too. <laughs> yeah. And especially when you're, when you're working with the department store that big, sometimes the leadership can be lost. It's just numbers, you know, in, in, in the door, out the door, right? It's mm -hmm. a transaction, but like, right. you know, shout out to the leadership group there. So whoever did that mm -hmm. and, and thought to donate to you guys right. is huge. And they got good PR out of it, right? They kept clothing out of landfills and they, and so they were sustainable in there and in their recycling of their inventory. And they said, Hey, we're helping the community. We're donating all this stuff. We took pictures. We did all of it. They got good PR out of it as well. So it was a huge win-win and I applaud them for doing the right thing. Like you said. Absolutely. Definitely a round of applause for them. And, you know, so they pivoted a little bit, you know, during COVID and every single nonprofit that I interviewed so far, they had to find some sort of way to pivot. And I think it's just mm -hmm. setting a good example as well. Like if something bad happens, you can't just lay down and, and just say, sorry, we're closing the doors. Right. Right. So Macy's pivoted. Every other nonprofit I talked to pivoted. How did you guys mm -hmm. you know, figure a way to, to pivot around this? Right. So what we're trying to do now is we've had a, you know, we obviously in 2020, March 2020, we, we had two or three shopping days and then we just had to shut down. Not only were um, the the guidance from the governor and the mayor of Denver uh, in Colorado, they, they said every retail stores need to shut down while we figure this out. Schools shut down, kids went home, we knew dances weren't happening. And so after two, three shopping days in 2020, we just had to close our doors. It wasn't safe. And that was a real bummer. And we thought maybe fall of 2020, we could come back. Nope, kids were still home. Uh, even spring of 2021. So even this past year, uh, a few schools were trying to do some creative dance situations, you know, pod style proms, outdoor proms. But it really, it, vaccines weren't widely available during our shopping season. And so it wasn't advisable for us to open our doors even this year, this spring 2021, um, because we have over 100 people in a 2,000 square foot space and at any given time. And, and, um, and so we did not open. What we have done to pivot, though, is we've had one-on-one um, we've had one-on-one -on -one shopping moments, if you will. You know, we've got our board members and our team members having dresses at their house or um, at our storage units. And so, oh, so-and-so needs something, we'll pop over and just do a one-on-one -on -one thing. So it's been a little safe. The other way that we have pivoted in this um, season is that we've expanded into tuxedos. We've expanded into other types of formal wear that are for rite of passage milestone moments for students. So we're expanding into business casual, um, still expensive to buy a suit, still expensive to buy a dress. And these things are intended for graduations, college interviews, um, mock trial, um, other experiences that high school students might, um, might go through and might need the right style of clothing for that, again, their families just can't support. So that's been our pivot. Our pivot has been getting into suits and ties. And we've always been prom dresses. And now we've inherited uh, and, uh, 100 tuxedos. So now we can serve students that want to wear tuxedos. So, uh, you know, I want to be respectful of gender norms. And so we have girls that want to wear pants to prom. And we've had boys that want to wear dresses to prom. And so at this point, we've sort of just removed 
remove the gender stereotyping from our and just say this is our inventory pick out whatever you want to wear and we want to be an inclusive space so it's exciting for us to be able to serve boys or other kids that want to wear tuxedos so now we have more of a spectrum of clothing and it's not only super formal for prom and homecoming now we're expanding into that those milestone moments like i need a nice dress for graduation or a suit for graduation i need a i need a suit or a tie or something more formal for college interviews so now we're trying to get into that space of changing kids lives there's another nonprofit that I work with, with Goodwill Industries and the United Way, and they do a mock interview um, event here in Denver. And um, there are a few scholarship programs, um, the Betcher Scholarship, the Daniels Fund Scholarship, and a few others. Those are full ride scholarships. Those are transformational awards that can change somebody's life, some family's lives. And so the United Way and Goodwill Industries puts on an event every year and they invite professionals from the community to help these children prepare for a panel interview to see if they deserve and qualify for a full ride scholarship to college. And so I've been volunteering with this event for a number of years and it is incredible to be a part of this and to help give feedback to a student to make sure that they are poised and that they are speaking of themselves in a way that sometimes they don't know how to do and how to handle the pressure of a panel interview. And so I took that and we talked about this at Bella. One of our board members is an attorney. So we said, what about full ride scholarship interviews? She said, what about mock trial? And so we said, this is gonna be our pivot. Our pivot is going to be expanding into other areas that we can help affect children and families. And so in the formal wear umbrella. And so that's been really exciting. Another place that we're trying to expand is quinceañeras, bat mitzvahs, other places that are really important events in these children's lives that can cost a lot of money and and not have an ongoing use. And so those one-time use clothing options. So that's been our pivot is how can we expand our services under the umbrella of our mission? Um, And so that's what we're working on right now. Yeah, that's fantastic. So you couldn't open your doors, but you sat back like, hey, what what else can we do, right? Where can can we expand? Where can we grow? Mm -hmm. So it's been a lot of behind the scenes work just to sort of like take the moment to say, how can we be more strategic? How can we be more impactful? So it's actually, maybe it's not a pivot in the COVID moment, but it it will pay dividends because we've had a breather to sit and say, how can we expand? So that's been our pivot. Yeah, and I think it's great expanding into, you know, providing, you know, formal clothing and nice clothing for job interviews is huge. You know, you show up, you look good. You know, if, if you're looking like a hot mess, you know, you're not going to get the job. It's not going to happen. Or in the fire department or the military, they say you're looking like a soup sandwich. It's not, you know, you're not going to get it. That's exactly right. I mean, one of the times that I was volunteering at, at, um, at the um, full ride scholarship, uh, the mock interview event, there was a young man who had an incredible resume already for a high school student. He was top of his class. He had all the great activities. He was engaging and charismatic, but he showed up in just a button down shirt, no tie. It was rolled up at the sleeves. And one of the gentlemen at the table said, you got to get yourself a jacket. You know, these are, these are serious people. This is a serious interview. You got to get yourself a jacket. Can you get, a, do you have one? Do you have, you got to be wearing a tie and a jacket. And the, the kid kind of, he was so confident until that question came up. And then he kind of shrunk back and said, I guess I can ask somebody. So I knew because I work with Bella that that kid doesn't, he doesn't, his family doesn't do formal stuff. And 
this money could have changed his life. The whole trajectory of his of his life could change because he gets a full ride to school. Can you imagine if a jacket held that kid back? And so that's where we said, we got to put pen to paper on this. I love it. You know, you saw a hole in the game and you got out and executed. That's fantastic. Absolutely. You know, so before... Before COVID, I'm sure you guys did like annual fundraisers, just like every other nonprofit. What do you guys do there with you know raising money? Yeah, so um, raising money for us at the beginning, um, we did a lot of individual contributions, one big gala a year. It's kind of like the the norm um, for nonprofits. But as we've grown our team, we've gotten much more strategic. So we have a grant writing committee, and we are full bore on grants and grant writing, which is has been transformational. We still do fun events and things like that. We play off prom. Right now we're doing, um, we we did a Halloween party. Um, there's all sorts of like, you know, dress up events and things like that. So uh, our next fundraiser is a prom pub crawl. So prom dress pub, pub crawl. So everybody grab your retro prom dresses and, uh, you know, dig them out of the closet and, and come to a, a Denver pub crawl with us in October. And so, you know, it's tis the season to get dressed up and have some fun. So that's our next fundraiser. But we do a little bit of everything. We do, um, we do outreach to local businesses. And so it may not be financial donations. Maybe it's in-kind donations, like printing our marketing materials. We need hundreds and hundreds of flyers every year. The, the most effective way that we've gotten the word out has been super old school and just papering the neighborhood, going to every high school, making sure that um, their bulletin boards and their front office has our flyer up, making sure that we are at every convenience store and Starbucks next to a high school that we can get to and making sure that that paper's on the board. We know that kids are seeing those. And so we've partnered and done fundraising with printers to ask for in-kind donations so that we don't have to use funds to print our, our flyers because we print thousands of them. Um, that's been huge for us. Um, again, the Macy's partnerships and all of that appeal. Um, talking to real estate developers is our newest thing. We really want to be open year round because those job interviews and some of those off cycle things happen in the summer. So we want to be open for homecoming in the fall and prom in the spring. And we need to be doing our fundraising and off cycle bat mitzvahs and maybe even military balls is something that comes down the, the pike for us. Um, and those things happen off cycle from prom and homecoming. And so that's our biggest uh, opportunity next is partnering with a real estate developer or some sort of property owner or a corporate sponsor that will help us get permanent space. Right now we've been seasonal move in, move out, and that's that's held us back in a lot of ways. And so that finding that right space, that permanent space and fundraising for it, that's been that's been our biggest challenge and continues to be, especially I don't know if you know much about the Denver real estate market, but it is wild right now. So um it's it's been a big challenge for not only us, but every nonprofit to find affordable space that we can render our services out of. So um, we do a lot of fundraising with grants, with events, and with individual corporate sponsor high value donor appeals. Okay. And you know, since you started the kind of grant writing process, have you worked with any like local political leaders that help you guys out at all? Yeah. So what we've done with that is our major um, allies are school administrators and parent groups. And so um, the 
well, I'll tell you a story in a second about the politicians. But yes, the those have been our biggest allies in getting the word out and helping send people to our fundraisers. Um, I knew that we were doing something special. My husband travels a lot for work, and I knew we were doing something special when he called me and said, hey, I just got off a flight and I was sitting next to Governor or Senator Hickenlooper, our former governor uh, here in Colorado. And he and I got to talking and I told him that uh, that my wife runs a nonprofit here in Denver and they and uh, it's called Bella Boutique. And Governor Hickenlooper shot out and said, prom dresses, right? Nice. <laughs> so uh, if, if we're on Hick's radar, I know we're doing something right. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. And that's, you know, you never know when you're on a plane, you know, you got to put it out there. And like, that's why I always talk about the podcast. You never know who you're going to run into and, and who, who can help you out, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So um, it's been wonderful because um, we've gotten a lot of support uh, through the Junior League with our volunteers and through the local Denver media. It's been phenomenal. And um, so they spotlight us a lot and they've helped us get the word out. And so we've gotten some shout outs at the state level, and that's been tremendously helpful. Uh, and so I hope that we can get back to a place where uh, dances and the safety of our kids is, is you know, ha everything is in place for us to get back to that normal, that normal cycle of homecoming and prom and, and making sure that kids can be kids again. I think we're getting there. Um, a lot of schools are doing dances again, which is exciting. Not everybody, um, but hopefully within the next few months, we can get all of this under control and, and go let these kids go back to normal. All right. So what, if someone in the Denver area is looking to donate their time, how do they get a mm -hmm. hold of you guys at Bella Boutique and, and ultimately get in there and help out? Sure. The best way for anybody to learn more about us or reach out to the team and ask how they could get involved is to visit our website. So uh, bellaboutiquedenver.org. Uh, there's a contact us form right there at the footer of every page of the website. And, and we would love to hear from you. So the team is always looking for help. And there are a bunch of ways to help. So um, you heard me talk about our need for permanent property space. So do you or someone you know own um, a building or have a line on some retail space in the Denver metro area, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, are you a realtor that can help us find these spaces and negotiate and talk to people? We'd love to hear from you. Um, we always need in-shop in help. So when we're open again for prom, we need hundreds of stylist volunteers every season. This year, we're going to be doing tuxedos. We'll probably be doing tuxedos on Sundays. We'll do dresses on Saturdays and tuxedos on Sundays. So this is going to be the first year that we need male volunteers to come in and help us size tuxedos for young men. So that's going to be really exciting to find partners in that space. So there's are there groups, are there church groups, are there professional men's groups that want to help these kids, these help these young men find the right fit in their tuxedo. I need some help with that. We also, we always need help on the grant writing front. The more people that we can have writing grants for us, the more opportunity we have there. Um, party planners, event planners, we love those folks too. Uh, and then anybody who knows how to make the ask. That's the hardest part in nonprofit is just asking for dollars. So if there's anybody out there who's looking to hone their skills in negotiation and fundraising or development or anything like that, we'd love to hear from you too. Uh, so there are plenty of opportunities to help Bella Boutique sustain and grow. Uh, so please reach out bellaboutiquedenver.org. 
Okay, and what about if they're in the area and they want to donate goods, whether it be dresses, purses, etc.? Absolutely. So again, um, we have paused. Uh, we usually have some donation stations around Denver. We've paused all of that for the time being since we got a massive influx of inventory from Macy's. But we are in in need of shoes and jewelry and purses. So dresses we've paused, but shoes, jewelry, and purses. If you have those and you live in the Denver area, please reach out to us on the website and we'll coordinate uh, some delivery or pickup of that of those items. So what about, what if someone wants to ship stuff from out of town? Oh, absolutely. If you want to ship stuff to us, uh, our, our address is on our website. And so anybody from across the country, if you have shoes, jewelry, purses, we would love to receive those. So you can ship those to us uh, at 1550 Larimer Street, Suite 1004, Denver, Colorado, 80202. Yes, we'll definitely, we'll put that stuff in the notes as well. And, and hopefully we, we might be able to put some stuff together and send stuff out to you from the, from the podcast. That would be amazing. We do and have received, uh, you know, my, my network, my family, my friends, my network runs wide as it does for all of the Bella team members. So we have received nationwide donations before and we love to see it. So thank you so much. Yeah, and why wouldn't they? When they see what you're doing out there, like how would they not want to try to help? I've already talked to a few people about it and, and we're going to get some stuff together for sure. That'd be amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, and you've already shared some of these stories with me. You've talked about some of like your highlights, your favorite stories from working at Bell Boutique. You want to kind of go through some of your favorite with, with everybody listening? Yeah, I'd love that. So um, there are a few favorites that come to mind. Um there is a family that comes to see us every year uh, and they come from Kansas and they came to us originally by accident because they had been shopping for uh, a dress to go to the ROTC ball. It wasn't even a homecoming thing. It was the ROTC ball, which happens every fall. Uh, and they could not find a dress for their daughter that she liked anywhere. And they found our website and they came to our store and they genuinely did not know that we were a nonprofit. And so they made an appointment, they came in, they shopped. And at the end of the, sh she found a dress that she loved. She was, had a great experience. And at the end, the mom said, okay, how much for the dress? And I said, how much? What are you talking about? We're nothing. She said, what? And I said, you do know that we're a nonprofit, right? <laughs> and she said, no, I had exhausted all options for dress boutiques for my daughter and we ended up here. And I said, no, no, no. So I pulled the mom aside so that nobody else in the waiting room could hear. And I said, we're a nonprofit and we serve teens in financial need, families in need. And so, yeah, this is everything in here is free. Do you, are you in need? And she said, no, we're not in need. I'm totally prepared to pay for this. She said, I thought that this was a real dress shop. And I said, oh, it's a real dress shop, but it's a real charity as well. <laughs> so she ended up giving me $100 right out of her pocket. She said, well, I can't take this for free because I'm not in need. But you really helped us out because my daughter hasn't been able to find anything she likes anywhere else. And so she gave me $100. I thought I'd never see her again. She made an appointment the next season. She came back. She said, I'm just going to keep giving you money. So the next time, she, every time she comes, she gives me $100 and her daughter leaves with a beautiful dress. And so this woman is just the mother, the family. They're all just wonderful humans. And we connected in, in a way that would proved that we were providing an actual retail experience, which was validating, but also connecting with just really good, appreciative, grateful humans. And so 
they're one of my favorite families and they put a smile on my face every time we see them. I know their older daughter is graduating or has graduated and now I hopefully we'll see their younger daughter soon enough. But she promised that in between those years, she's going to come back and, and volunteer in the shop with us. So they're amazing. Right. Yeah. So it's and so it, cool. It really does, you know, go to, it, it shows that, you know, the, the formal dress you guys have there are very, you know, unique and fantastic. She couldn't find anything anywhere. She goes to your spot, picks something up, thinks she's good to go. Absolutely. We also chose you guys have really good stuff. It's great. I'm telling you, the selection is phenomenal. We have, like I said, 3,000 dresses, size zero to size 30. And in every shape, style you could imagine, we have the sparkly over the top. Some I think some of them are just out there and amazing. And you'd say, who's going to wear that? And then some kid comes in and says, that thing's awesome. And they rock that dress that you thought was like a costume from Broadway. and then we've got, you know, very conservative breakfast at Tiffany's style dresses. You know, it's pick your poison. And we have something for everybody. We have the kids who, you know, I was a, a skater girl in high school. And so I wanted the goth looking dresses. We have that. We have princess dresses. We've got all, yeah, all the styles. And so um, it's a ton of fun. And we have, like I said, the size spectrum is also there too. One of my favorite, another favorite story that I have is... Um, a young girl from rural Colorado came in and she was six foot two and she were, she helped her family on a farm. I mean, she was a tall girl and she said, you know what? I'm tall. I'm broad. I'm a farm girl. You have nothing for me. And I said, I'm going to prove you wrong. And she thought she was too big for feminine dresses. And we brought her to the section of, of beautiful things that we knew would fit her. And she had hours worth of dresses to try on. And she had option after option and her face just lit up and she grew just so comfortable with us after seeing the selection that we had and knowing that she thought she was, you know, left of center and atypical in her body shape and her confidence was not where it needed to be or should have been. And when she saw that we, we could take care of her and that we had her back, she just embraced the experience and had a ball. And so she came in a little nervous and, you know, she didn't trust that we could take care of her. And we did that in spades. And so I remember I got busy with another student after she had picked out her dress and went shopping for shoes and accessories and we steamed her dress and all that good stuff. And so before she left, she found me in this crowd of people. I mean, I, I have to describe the scene at the shop on a Saturday for you, but this, this young lady found me in a crowd of people. And she said, before I leave and drive back to the farm, I just needed, I need to get a picture with you. And I need to say thank you so much because you did prove me wrong. And I had a great day and I'm going to have a great dance because of all of you. So thank you so much. And I still have that picture. And I, that warms my heart because you know, I don't want anybody to ever feel like they aren't worthy or that nothing's going to fit them or they're never going to feel great or they're never going to look great because that's just not true. And and so when we fundraise, we fundraise to make sure that we can always have bigger dresses and smaller shoes and all of those edge cases because we want the we want every kid to be able to to say yes to something and feel good about it. So that I love that story, too. And she had these awesome boots and she wears them every day to feed her animals and help her family on the farm. And she said, I'm going to wear the boots. And I said, well, yeah, that's you wear the boots. She had 
this amazing brown cowgirl boots on. And we got her this dress. And I said, the boots look amazing with the dress. Why wouldn't you do that? That's authentically you. Wear the boots. <laughs> it was great. So, yeah. And there's yeah. going to be a thousand girls there with the same, you know, with you know, different dresses on, but nobody in those boots. Nobody in those boots with that long red hair. Oh, she looked, she was awesome. <laughs> that really is great though. She walked in skeptical, you know, skeptical and then, you know, found a place where she fit in. So that's, you know, cheers to you guys. Yeah. That, you know, those are the days you're like, man, this is time well spent. You know, uh, the that, I don't know if you have talked with your other guests and your other organizations about the value of a volunteer hour, but if you, put it into financial dollars and cents. Volunteer hours are mostly free for the organization and your giving of the individual, but the value is like $25 an hour. You know, this is this is valuable time that volunteers spend with nonprofit organizations supporting them and rendering services. And so you want to make sure that you have the right people in place that know that their time is, is uh, this is a good use of their time and that they are making a difference and that they are making an impact. And I knew that I was doing that regardless of whether a student told me so or not, but it's nice when you have those kids come up to you or those parents. Oh, I've had crying moms and grandmothers come up to us and pull us aside and say, I don't know where I'd be without you guys. You know, um, those make, those make the difference. Um, we knew that we were doing something special, but it's those like those thank you moments, those, you know, really appreciate it moments where you're like, man, this is this is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, and you've been at it for 20 years and I just kind of started this thing this year and I've had a few of those moments myself and and that's what keeps you going, keeps you driving forward. So, I'm looking looking forward to many more. Absolutely. Like I'm I'm on that that natural chemical high, right? Like the selfishness of the the volunteer high. And and so I'm just like a puddle when, you know, you have the farm girl come to us and say I was skeptical but you won me over. Like, all right, I'm going to need a moment. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's, or, you know, another story was, um, you know, being a a teenager is really hard. And we had an after hours nighttime shopping. It was very intimate. Just a few people were there. And a young lady came in with her best friend and her best friend did not shop. He just wanted to watch. And she tried on a bunch of dresses and because the shop was quiet, we let him roam around the dresses with her. Um, And she tried on a bunch. And then after a while, he pulled me aside and said, hey, can I try on a few? And I looked at him and I said, are you going to the dance? Do you want a dress? Like, what's your plan? And he said, I don't know yet. And I said, get comfortable, do what you want. And I looked around at we had a couple of grandmas and some aunts in the waiting room and I looked at them and I was a little nervous about how they would receive this moment, but I wanted this young child to feel comfortable. And if this person felt comfortable shopping in our store, I wasn't going to hold them back. So I said, if you want to try on dresses, you try on as many dresses as you want, go. And he tried on, he tried on a bunch of dresses and he came out in the waiting room like any other student does. And this other family that I was nervous about. I said, oh man, I don't want them to make him uncomfortable. I want him to do him. If he's been eyeing us to say like, is this a safe space for me to try on dresses? And he decided it was, I didn't want anybody to ruin that for him. And I looked over at these old school looking grandmas and he came out in a dress and they oohed and odd and critiqued him and said, you look amazing in this or you should try on this color. I underestimated 
I underestimated them, and that was that was my bad. But I can yeah, but I, it's a it's a different era. They came from a different era, so it's a little bit different. So totally, and, you know, and, it's understandable. Yeah. And in this moment, I you know, it was a very intimate experience at night. It's very different than a Saturday afternoon in the shop. But I just remember that you know, all of us came together to support this student. He felt comfortable. He felt safe, and he felt happy in that moment. And that was transformational for me because I knew he was on a journey that I probably couldn't understand, but I wanted to empathize and support. And um, and so that was a really special moment because I, I was glad that our team was able to support him. But then the rest of the families who were also shopping for a completely different student were also super supportive of his journey as well. And so that was a, that was a heart bursting moment for us. Yeah. And the common theme there across those last two stories is that people walk through those doors and whatever you guys are doing is, is working because they're letting their guard down and, and doing their thing when they get there. So you guys are doing, you know, doing the right thing in there. Thank you. I hope so. I, we just, we want to provide a space where kids can be kids. Kids can say yes to these experiences and that we have the inventory to make them feel authentically themselves. And that might be a girl that wants to wear a suit. It may be a boy who wants to wear a dress. It may be a girl who wants to wear a giant frou-frou, you know, skirt with a t-shirt, you know, a baseball jersey. I don't know. I don't care. I just want these kids to go as themselves and don't let the clothes wear you. You wear the clothes and you wear your confidence and, and just go and be a kid and celebrate with your peers. That's great. And you guys, you clearly have a good you know, leadership organization there. So who, who actually runs... Bella Boutique, who is the yeah. founder? So the founder's name is Tia Hunsberger. And um, Tia is, has been had taken a hiatus for a few years, but um, I hear she's coming back, which is awesome. And Tia is um, a really inspirational woman, and we're excited to have her come back and help the team. The day-to-day -day leadership right now uh, is led by a woman named Katie McDermott. And Katie is a get-stuff-done, uh, hard-working uh ambitious woman and we're better for knowing her she's awesome and so yeah she's our president right now and so under katie's leadership and and with tia's spirit and inspiration in the room i think you know the team is is promising i mean we've got a big group of helpers right now and an army of volunteers waiting for the doors to open again and so we're ready we're ready so we're excited yeah, I'm, I'm stoked for uh, what the future holds for Bella, for sure. Thank you. It's been a little, COVID's knocked us down a peg, but like many organizations, like you said, we're pivoting, we're mobilizing, and we're getting ready for when um, the new normal returns. Yeah, right. And um, I actually got a great text today from one of my lieutenants, and he said, if you're going to fall, you're gonna, you should fall forward. So, you know, that's what you guys are doing clearly, and uh, you guys are knocking it out of the park. Thanks, Jerry. You got it. Um, so let's hear a little bit more. What do you do outside of working with Bella Boutique? Sure. So my day-to-day -day job is um, I work for a tech company. So I'm the VP of client services for a full-service digital agency uh, headquartered in Denver. It's called Atten Design Group. And Atten is a perfect confluence of my professional and personal life. So Atten, uh, we Atten builds websites and apps we uh, for large-scale nonprofits. So um, we design beautiful, usable website experiences and interactive apps 
for folks like um, Human Rights Watch and the Guttmacher Institute and Media Matters for America, uh, Indivisible and Stanford University and uh, amazing organizations. Some of our local clients, like we've handled website builds for Governor Jared Polis, uh, Water Education Colorado. These are some really uh, global green grants, uh, some really wildly impactful organizations. So um, I love it. I love working with makers and doers and uh, creative people. I'm also, I love being a project manager and bringing groups together to devise solutions and um, make something come out of nothing that can help an organization push their mission forward. So um, I love what I do. I've always worked in advertising, marketing, in the digital space, and I have worked for Starbucks and General Motors and Home Depot and those big commercial clients, and that was wonderful. But I am more energized now than I ever have been with my professional career being a part of the solution and helping these organizations tell their stories, engage with more people through the web um, and through digital means. And so that has been um, a great career move for me working with Atten. Yeah, and uh, both of those organizations are, are I'm very thankful to have you, I'm sure. And, and uh, yeah, with the work that you're doing, I've clearly seen the growth with Bella, you know, and, and you can just, you know, tell how inspired you are by it and, and by the people that you work with. So, um, you know, no wonder why that, you know, both of those are doing well. They're all great teams. I love being a part of, of great teams. Absolutely. And actually, you know what? It's a good transition to, you know, speak about teams a little bit. So, you know, each episode, I always like to use this platform to take a moment to thank somebody from my tribe of mentors who has kind of just helped me along the way, you know, become the person I am. And for today, that person's going to be Bob Peach. You know, he's a good friend of mine. And and in his words, you're like family to him. Um, he made the intro to try to get you on the show. He's just so, um, he really is, you know, when he talked about what you're doing with Bell Boutique, he was just so proud of what you were doing. And, you know, he kind of made the intro there. So I'm stoked. I'm, I'm thankful for that first and foremost. But he's a very good friend of mine. He's going to be a groomsman in my wedding. He is my jujitsu coach. Mm-hmm. You know, which is like, that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty much what I'm not doing this in the fire department. That's where I spent a lot of my time. And you know, one thing he really did for me was when I was transitioning out of the military, he gave me kind of my first job in fitness. Right. And he also allowed me to start working with the fight team. And I used to watch UFC. I would rent him at Blockbuster when I was 12. Right. And if you would have asked me then if I would have been working with fighters who go to UFC, I would have thought you were insane. Mm-hmm. Right. And he kind of gave me my first opportunity. And since then, we've both have grown together. We I've learned with some of the best coaches in the world. And I have trained fighters from UFC, Bellator, CFFC. And I'm just truly thankful to be involved with what I'm doing. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be doing it. So yeah. thanks, Peach. You're the man. Peach is the man. And I will echo all of that. What a great guy to give thanks to. Bob Peach is like family to me. He is my brother from another mother. And I adore Peach and his wife, Michaela. And there's so much to learn and uh, admire about what the two of them have done. I mean, talk about a pivot. Uh, Peach is a guy that went to school for engineering. And now, and then, but because of his passion with MMA and martial arts, and he grew a career out of his side passion, his fitness, um, interests. And, um, 
he and Michaela have grown a business out of this. And I know that that business does a ton to support the local community. And they pivoted and they got creative during COVID too. And they continued to fundraise and support their fighters and what their fighters do outside of the gym. And I think that they're inspirational, not only as small business owners, but and community leaders, but just as humans. And, and they're just, Bob and Michaela are just good individuals. They're just good humans. And we're all better for knowing them. Yeah, I'm actually glad you brought that up. So talk about how Peach, he went to Drexel for engineering, actually went to college with my brother. That's how I kind of met Peach first, you know, first off. But whenever I have a new student in the gym, I say, yeah, you know, Peach, like, you know, he's, you know, he, he's an engineer. He can do whatever he wants to do. And he chose to leave that and, and mm -hmm. start this gym. Like, that's, that's the kind of coach you're going to have. And like, it definitely works. And it's the truth. Like, he loves it. He could be doing anything he wants to do. And he mm -hmm. chose to be doing that. So it's better. Yeah. It's a great person to learn from. Their dedication their work ethic is uh, unmatched. The two, you know, Bob and Michaela, like what, what they put into their family and what they put into their business and their, their, their gym family is uh, phenomenal. And, and I hope they keep doing what they're doing the way they're doing it. Cause um, I know they just ran, they just helped um, franchise and helped some students move to another state and open another gym. And so again, they're just changing lives. You know, that it's, they just continue to do that. And so hats off to them for sure. Absolutely. And is there anybody else that you feel like you want to kind of talk about who has kind of helped you, you know, become who yeah. you are? You know, I will say that I have, um, I've leaned on a lot of people uh, to ask questions about this nonprofit leadership thing and how to do it well and how to do it right. And um, I, you know, I would love to acknowledge, you know, my neighbor and friend, Kristen Battenfeld. She's uh, I jokingly refer to her as, as the unofficial mayor of Denver. She knows everybody. She does everything. She's partnered and, uh, you know, with everyone. And she's been a nonprofit leader for a long, long time. And so when I tried to more formalize my involvement in this, I went straight to her and I said, what's this all about? How do I do this well? How do I not look like an idiot when I'm doing this? And how do I know where to spend my time and energy? And so she was phenomenal in helping me. Um, and so she's, she's a really great role model in that respect. And so, yeah, I would say we call her bat. Um, and I would say bat was, was really, really helpful when I said, you know, and I'm going to take the leap into nonprofit leadership and help me out here. And she totally did. So that was great. Yeah. We all need, you know, good professionals and good friends, good leaders to help us kind of get where we want to be. And, and without them, we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't be able to get there at least, at least we wouldn't get there a lot cleaner, you know? For sure. We fall on our face a lot more. For sure. Absolutely. And, you know, and I do want to acknowledge the Bella team. We have, um, there's a, a crew of us uh, and we'd love to, we're a scrappy organization, right? You know, we're not the Red Cross. We're not like those big multi-million dollar nonprofits. Like we are bootstrap, you know, figure it out as you go team. And so the Bella team has had a few folks over the years come on and off of the team and and drive growth in their ways and and with every iteration of the Bella team we've just gotten better and smarter and and so I just want to thank all of the women on that team past and present because um, they've gotten it to where it is and gotten it to a place where Tia the founder 
who had given all her blood, sweat and tears to it for years, was able to take a breather and let it be run by some other folks for a little while. And and so I just want to thank everybody there. We have a it's there's a little, you know, adult word. We call it the get S done crew. And so that's that's how we refer to ourselves on at the Bella team. Like we just get it done because it needs to get done and and it's important and fun at the same time. And so thank you to all those the Bella crew past and present. Yeah, and if you have an Irish girl from South you're running the show, you're gonna be a little you're gonna be scrappy, without a doubt. <laughs> yep, that that the Bostonian comes through, even in Denver. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Sally. So is there any other message you want to get out there before we go? Anything you feel like you missed or you want to share? I mean, I think we've covered a lot, Jerry, but I would um I would encourage folks, you know. The world is a crazy place right now. No matter where you fall on any of the spectrum, I think we can all agree that the world is heavy right now. We're not through the woods on on the pandemic, and there's a lot going on in in other areas of the world, and and it might get a little heavy, and it you might not know how to feel or how to stay positive in all of this. And so, I would encourage people to get out in your community and find ways that you can use your natural skills, your professional skills, your blessings to get involved in your community. Say hi to your neighbors, show up for people, see where you might be able to help. An hour here and there makes a world of difference. It doesn't have to be every day. It doesn't have to be every week, but those small increments of contribution and joining your village can make a world of difference either in your neighborhood or in your city or in your state or in your country. Don't underestimate the power of your own um, efforts because the world needs you. Your neighbors need you. And now more than ever, if you're questioning how to stay positive, that's how you stay positive. Find a place where you can give back because I promise you, you'll feel good about it. That is never time wasted when you're volunteering. Yeah, it's definitely a great message. And I think what a lot of people realize, one good thing that's come out of, you know, this pandemic situation, they realize that it's the people that are closest to them that's good, that are going to help them out. You know, they're really close communities. So like when you, you know, when they see that coming towards them, they're going to go out and do the same thing and, and try to help in their own communities are realizing that. Sally, I, I really appreciate your transparency and coming on the show and, and allowing us to kind of hear what it's like to walk a mile in your shoes. I'm very thankful for you coming on. Thank you so much, Jerry. I really appreciate Peach connecting us and you reaching out. Um, this was wonderful. And I also want to thank Tia Hansberger for, you know, being the founder of Bell Boutique and starting this movement. And also every, like you said, everybody who's on the team and volunteers past and present, you know, together you guys have over, you've helped over 1500 students. Mm -hmm. Right. You've distributed over two hundred and seventeen thousand dollars in free prom gear, over yeah, four thousand dresses <laughs> and over two thousand volunteer hours logs. So yeah. that's impact right there. Kids from Colorado, Nebraska, Wyoming, Montana. I mean, these kids have traveled a ways uh, and we have been wildly impactful. So, um, yes, thank you for letting me get the word out around, about Bella, because we need the support to continue to sustain and to grow and to be able to serve um, these really wonderful kids and families in the Rocky Mountain region. So thanks again. You got it. And if you're not already um, subscribed to the show, please do so. Also, do you guys have social media at all, Bella? Absolutely. 
So we are Bella BTQ Denver on Instagram and um, and we are also on Facebook. So facebook.com backslash Bella Boutique Denver. Uh, please like and follow our content and um, and stay uh, up to date on when the store is opening and for volunteer opportunities and for more information on the awesome October prom dress pub crawl. Absolutely. And again, thank you. And everybody who listens and everybody who donates their time, regardless of organizations and, you know, get out there and volunteer, whether it be with Bell or anybody else. And I'm looking forward to having you guys tune in next time. Thank you for living the altruistic lifestyle. Mm -hmm.